Today on New Season. Did Joseph stay in the pit? Did the Israelites stay in the desert? Did Daniel stay in the lion's den? Did Jonah stay in the whale? Did Paul die in the storm? Did Jesus stay in the tomb? Well, I'm not staying either. I'm coming out. And now, here's today's word with Pastor Sam Rodriguez. I just immediately, I want to expedite the process and get into God's word. There is an anointing in the house tonight. God's spirit is truly here. The word of the Lord. I want you to capture this because God is in the house. Our one faith is not like any other faith. Our faith is transparent, transcendent, and transformational. Our faith teaches us to cross over obstacles, to shout down walls, to break through crowds, and walk on water even in the midst of storms. Our faith, somebody shout our faith. Our faith enables us to survive the fires of life and overcome the den of lions, to silence the serpent and outwit the fox. Our faith empowers us to see the invisible, to embrace the impossible and hope for the incredible. It is after all this one faith, one Lord, and one mission that empowers us to break through the minutia of relativism, compromise, and comfortable Christianity and engage in one touch. A touch that will change the world. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him and said, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her. Touch her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. And a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind them in the crowd and touched his cloak. Permit me to share briefly what God's Spirit placed in me for you tonight. One faith, one Lord, one mission, one touch. How we are one touch away from an awakening that will heal our generation and save the next. When we touch God, God will touch the next generation. Look at your neighbor, tell him one touch. Tell your other neighbor the one of the attitude, tell him one touch. Now, saints, we do live in difficult times. And just like the narrative of Mark chapter 5, the unfortunate reality of today's present age lies embedded in a simple truth. One generation is bleeding while the other generation lies dying. The world is sick and dying. We live in times stricken by sin, immorality, moral relativism, spiritual apathy, cultural decadence, infanticide, racism, pornography. Poverty, false prophets, watered-down preaching, hypocrisy, unbridled consumerism, voyeurism, materialism, secular tyranny, war, discord, division, strife, hatred, jealousy, and unbelief. The world is sick and dying. But in the midst of this unprecedented spiritual pandemic, there exists good news. Jesus still saves. Jesus still delivers. Jesus still heals. And I know that many no longer believe it. Call me old school, call me archaic, call me vintage. I may be one of the few, but I still believe that Jesus is coming back again. He 
Because this biblical narrative serves as a prophetic prescription for our troubled times. It is the meta-narrative, a story of two generations. One bleeding, worn out, and without hope. And the other that laid helplessly dying. Two generations. You know the story very well. Jesus is en route to Jairus' house. And he succumbs via the conduit of compassion to the petition of this man. My little girl is dying. So Jesus is en route to heal that little girl. En route, this woman, que no era parte de la historia, this woman appears and she comes along and this woman with this issue of blood touches Jesus before Jesus touched the little girl. I'm going to do that one more time for the hearing impaired. The woman with the issue of blood. I mean, Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to heal a little girl. On the way, this woman, another generation, this woman who wasn't in party, no invitation to the party, this woman interrupts the process, comes from behind, and she touches Jesus. I am persuaded, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, that our God is a God of order. Therefore, I do believe that it's not a coincidence that this took place. What we ask about the next generation, will it be saved? Will it be rescued? Will it carry the mantle of righteousness and justice? We read about the N-O-N-E-S, the nuns. We hear about in the church how we're losing our children, the future of Christianity. The response lies embedded in this very narrative. Instead of waiting for God to touch the next, this generation must touch God at this very hour. The problem is that to a great degree, we have a generation that is bleeding, one that is wounded or broken, and the other one that is dying. And we know very well via the conduit of the laws of physics that two objects cannot occupy the same space. Your past cannot occupy the same space as your future. Your faith cannot occupy the same space as fear. Holiness does not share space with sin. The prophetic does not share space with the pathetic. Something has to go. Tell your neighbor something has to go. Tell your other neighbor something has to go. For with one faith, one Lord, one mission, Ephesians 4, 5, we are, we are one touch away. Estamos a ley de un toque. We are one touch away from an awakening, church of God, from an awakening that will heal our generation and save the next generation. So don't drink the Kool-Aid. I don't care what you hear and see on television or radio. Don't believe it. God's not done with us yet. I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns, Philippians 1, 6. So let me declare, and, and, and I want to slow down the process, and if I get a bit excited and a bit accelerated, I need you to forgive me because there are three elements fighting here. One, I'm Puerto Rican. <sighs> number two, I'm on my third caramel macchiato. And number three, I am Pentecostal and I have the anointing of the Holy Ghost all over me. Let me declare, not out of the womb of emotional exuberance, but out of an unbridled commitment to biblical orthodoxy, with fear and trembling by the leading of the Spirit, Church of God, this is our Mark 5 season. And a matter of fact, permit me to pronounce the following. The quintessential descriptor designated upon our generation will not be that our generation was the generation of 9-11, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter. They will say of us, that was the generation that touched God. That one touch requires us to go beyond our comfort zone. There is no such animal as comfortable Christianity. 
requires us to break in for our breakthrough. A woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. And she spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. What will it take for us to execute the one touch? We must learn that sometimes we have to break in for our breakthrough. She broke through her internal and external crowds. Internally, she was surrounded by her past, 12 years of suffering. Her present, she was broke. And her outlook, she was getting worse. Externally, her miracle stood surrounded by a crowd. A crowd that due to dogmatic stigma of her infirmity, would surely reject, humiliate, and alienate her. Nevertheless, she understood the following truth. Sometimes we have to go through in order to get to. She had to go through the crowd to get to Jesus. Let me tell you that the enemy has been attacking you not because of what you've done, but because of what you are about to do. Matter of fact, let me inquire if you've been in the past through years, if, if you've been through a significant storm, battle, fire, or crowd you had to break through. If you've been through something major, I'm not referencing a migraine. If you've been through something major, raise one hand. In the past two years, if you've been through more than some one thing, if you've been through more than one storm, if all hell stood up again, if you've been through more than one significant challenge in the past two years, raise both hands. If you've been through so many, you lost count, raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many, if I Google your name, the term survivor pops up. Raise both hands and both feet. Well, let me declare upon you, let me prophesy to you that if you've been through what you've never been through before, it's only because you are about to see in your life what you have never seen before. If you're one of those that has been through something, raise your hand really high one more time. If you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not burn up. The flames will not consume you. Isaiah 43, 2. She is not the only one in scripture that had to go through to get to. Some of us have been challenged in the past season like never before. Some of you are currently experiencing some of the most significant challenges of your life. It's not a coincidence. It's no es una coincidencia que está pasando por lo que está pasando en esta misma hora ni lo que ha pasado en la última temporada. There's a reason for this. Sometimes we have to go through to get to. Oh boy, Joseph went through the pit to get to the palace. The Israelites went through the desert to get to the promised land. Paul went through a storm in order to get to Rome. Jesus went to the, and then he went to the, in order for you and I to get to. I can guarantee you, that's a strong term. I can biblically guarantee you that you're not staying stuck through in what you're going through. You're about to get to, oh boy, how do I know this? Please ask your neighbor, neighbor, did Joseph stay in the pit? Did the Israelites stay in the desert? Did Daniel stay in the lion's den? Did Jonah stay in the whale? Did Paul die in the storm? Did Jesus stay in the tomb? Well, I'm not staying either. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. As for me and my house, I'm coming out. Are there any survivors in the house? Can, can I take this jacket off? Can, am I allowed to do that here? <laughs> because she was broken and yet she broke in. Some of us shouldn't even be here right now. Based on the enemy's plans and what we've been through, we shouldn't even be here right now. Some of us shouldn't be here right now. Some of us should be in a hospital right about now. Some of us should be in jail right about now. Some of us should be somewhere getting high, drinking up, doing something else right about now. Some of us should be underground right about now. Tell your neighbor, guess what? Guess what? 
I'm not in a hospital. I'm not locked up. I'm not underground. I am here, right here, right now in Orlando, Florida, this very hour. Why are we here? Why are we not in hospitals and prisons and lost and dead? Why are we in Orlando tonight? Why do we still stand in spite of our pains, wounds, and fears? Because the purpose of God is greater than the brokenness of man. If you believe that, give God the best shout you've given him thus far. So anyone watching through television, that's why we praise the way we praise. Our praise is not a direct result of ethnocultural contextualization or denominational indoctrination. We don't praise the way we praise because it's part of our doctrine or part of our ethnocultural makeup. The reason why we praise the way we praise is because the size of our praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took us out of. In other words, if God took you out of a little hell, then you give him a little praise. But if he saved you, if he delivered you, if he healed you, if he turned you around and set your feet on solid ground, then you give God the highest. So if you've never been through anything and if you haven't been challenged, if you've never been, if you've, there's just never been a requirement for you to break through the minutiae of the crowd, the things surrounding you, this is definitely not for you. Take out your phone, tweet. But if you've been through, if, if you were broken and yet you broke in, then you understand that one touch reconciles us with the understanding that God does not use those that have it all. He uses those willing to surrender it all. One touch regenerates us with the knowledge of Luke 18, 27. The possible belongs to man, but the impossible belongs to God. Oh, one touch, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, and she touched him. She touched him from behind. He, he wasn't even looking her way. He was en route to heal the next generation. Yet she had the audacity of touching him. She touched him. Church of God, listen carefully. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Moral stagnation always leads to spiritual atrophy. She did not wait. She broke through and touched him. She understood that if she entered into his presence, then power would be released. There's still something special about his presence. Stated this, before, I must state it again, in a world of many spirits, in the world crowded, crowded by so much information, so many ideas, there's still something special about the spirit of Almighty God. Via the conduit of biblical illusions, we know very well there are real spirits in the cities of America and all around the world for that matter. Whether you believe it or not, the spirit of Pharaoh is alive holding people captive in the Egypt of bondage and fear. The spirit of Goliath still lives mocking and intimidating the children of God. The spirit of Jezebel, Señor la reprenda, still makes men and women hide in caves with sexual perversions and manipulation. The spirit of Absalom is dividing homes, churches, and relationships. While the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar desires to make us bow down and worship the gods of 21st century Babylon. And I have news for you. There is a spirit 
more powerful than all these spirits combined. We will experience our healing and prompt the salvation of the next generation when we break through with the certainty that the most powerful spirit alive today is not the spirit of Pharaoh, the spirit of Saul, Absalom, Goliath, Jezebel, or Nebuchadnezzar. The most powerful spirit on the planet today is still the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, the spirit of the living God. For it is not by might nor by power, but by might. Spirit say of the Lord. He tell you a story that prompted this, how God placed this in my heart. I found myself invited to Pakistan. I shared this with Bishop Keith some weeks ago. I was invited to Pakistan. It was sometime after 9-11. I was advising at that time the previous administration in the White House, and at that time, General Musharraf in Pakistan was attempting to convey to the world the idea that Pakistan was open to religious pluralism. As a result of that, I was one of those that received an invitation to minister in Pakistan. And I arrived there, and I arrived with two of my colleagues, fellow ministers, one from Canada and one from Puerto Rico. We arrived in Pakistan, and it was an interesting environment. We actually were ministering in the same region where an American reporter was decapitated. It was a tough terrain, to say the least. And we arrived in Pakistan, and little sidebar story here. One of those attending from Puerto Rico, his name is Israel Bermudez. Israel, we go to Pakistan, we go, we go through customs, and he's getting his passport checked in his visa, and the person in customs looks at him and says, what is your name? And Israel responds, my name is Israel. And the person at customs says, oh no, it isn't. And Israel says, oh yes, it is. It's the name my mother gave me. The customs guy looks at him and says, oh, no, it isn't. And he says, but it is my name. It's right there in the passport. My name is Israel. And he says, oh, no, it isn't. Finally, Israel wasn't getting it. And finally, the guy in the front said, we're not friends of Israel. Therefore, here, your name cannot be Israel. Change your name if you want to be here. So Israel looked at me and a guy named John Raymer, an Assembly of God pastor from Canada, and said, What's my name then? And we looked at him and said, Jerry. For a week and a half, we called this man Jerry. No one ever called him Jerry before that. No one called him Jerry ever since. But for a week and a half, he was Jerry. We're in Pakistan. First day arrives, we begin to minister. There's approximately 17,000 and to say it was a difficult environment would be an understatement. We're there. We're going to land. You're going to see the cross-relation between this narrative and what took place there. And we're there. We began to minister, except that it was difficult. I'm going to tell you why. We, over 60-plus percent of the audience was non-Christian, and it represented the majority religion of that nation, non-Christian. And on this side of the audience, the clerics of, of that religious faith sat and they were making sure that nothing came out of my mouth at all that would offend or run counter to their religious narrative. So they sat there, except that they were not carrying their Bible. They were carrying other things. On the very front row was a security apparatus that accompanied the clerics. And they, and they, were, they had arms, firearms. So the first day I arrived and I was preaching, and I wish I could tell you that I preached with liberty, that I broke through the crowd that I broke through the minutia of the moment, but I can't because I don't even know what I preached on. I think it was God is love, kumbaya, there was a Barney song maybe, I have no idea. But th there was not, I don't even think I mentioned the name of Jesus. It was like, God loves you. And let us pray, amen. The next day, John and Jerry, we sit down in, in the hotel and we look at each other and say, we have not traveled this far for this. Let's let it go. 
So we asked that great question. How many of you have your life insurance paid up? And we asked that, and then we, we all decided we were all in good shape. We called our families, and we said, let's let it rip. So the second day, I get the microphone. I wish I could tell you. I started off, it did not happen. As a good preacher, I turned away from that group and focused on this group. There was more people the second day. I'm preaching over here. All of a sudden, the anointing of God hit me. There's something that happens when the anointing of God falls upon you. The power of God hits me, and I begin to preach about Jesus saves. In the matter of fact, it wasn't even in the context of, not in the, how can I put this without offending anyone? It wasn't in the politically correct context of, there are many ways. Uh-uh. There's only one way to be saved. There are not five ways, four ways, three ways, or two ways. There's only one way, and Jesus is that way. No other name but Jesus. Over here, Jesus saves. Then over here, we talked about Jesus delivers. And all of a sudden, we looked over here, and all we did is this. This is on video. You can see this. All we did was, and Jesus heals. And I turned around. And I'm continuing to preach. An 80-year-old man stands up screaming in that cleric section. He stands up screaming. And, and there's something going on. There's a commotion. A younger man next to him stands with him. There's a commotion. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. But with peripheral vision, you're noticing the ruckus. And I'm going, yes, because Jesus. Jesus. And, and it becomes stronger. And people all around, there's a bigger ruckus. They walk in front of all these people. Jerry's over here. Jerry stops him. The security apparatus comes out. They come out and they speak to him. And I'm preaching and I'm still looking. There's a commotion. Jerry looks at me and says, tells me, get on the mic. And I go, estás loco, muchacho. He goes, give him the mic, trust me. So the man comes up stage, 80-year-old man. He comes up. A younger man is with him. The 80-year-old man does this. And I go, and the younger man grabs the mic and says, Mr. Cleric, doesn't call me pastor or preacher. He says, Mr. Cleric, that's my dad. And I go like, okay. He says, no, 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 that's my dad. And I go like, okay. He goes, you don't understand, that's my dad. And I go, I think we covered that point. He says, no, sir, you don't understand. That's my, and then he, the, the, the dad turns around, looks at the son and goes like this to him. And I'm going, What's going on here, son? He says, that's my dad when I know. He says, no, my dad is 80 years old. I go, okay. He goes, my dad was born completely blind. And I said, okay. He said, no, it's not okay. When you looked at our section and you said that Jesus heals, my daddy grabbed my arm. He said, son, I don't know what's going on, but this one, this I know. Son, my eyes are opening. I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. Church of God, there is still power in the name of Jesus. He grabbed the microphone. I kid you not, he grabbed the microphone. This 80-year-old Muslim cleric healed. He grabbed the microphone and he says, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed to Muhammad all my life. Nothing happened, never healed. Today, you said Jesus, your Jesus healed me. And then he said it, he said, 
from this moment on, me and my house, we serve your Jesus. We serve your Jesus. We serve your Jesus. We serve your Jesus. There is power in the name of 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 Jesus. There's still power in that name. Tell your neighbor there's still power in that name. Tell your neighbor there's still power in that name. Tell them that name still sets the captive free. That name is still a strong tower. That name still makes hell tremble and heaven rejoice. That name is still the name above all the other. Raise your hands. We are about to see an awakening that will heal this generation and save the next. Yes. There is still power in the name of Jesus. There is still power in the name of Jesus. Look up here for a second. You could do your Google due diligence. You could do your video due diligence. You can speak to Jerry and you can speak to, you know what happened the next day. That generation, that day, that cleric experiences healing. The very next day, I kid you not, a girl of 12 to 13 years of age, una niña sordamuda, a girl who was born deaf, mute, in the midst of the worship, not even a word was released yet, in the midst of a worship, a 12, 13 year old girl, never ever ever be able to speak one word, utter one word, or hear one sound, in the midst of lifting up the name of Jesus, in that place, that little girl experienced her healing so powerful indeed that today there is a church where there was not a church before i'm here to tell you right now that our generation when we get up and touch god god will save the next generation when we break through the crowd when we go on raise your hands let me close. She was broke, yet she broke in. He wasn't even looking her way. And she touched him. And immediately the Bible says that she was healed, that power came out of him, that he turned around and that she spoke truth. The power of God heals us, provoking a turnaround that will enable us to have more than a testimony. It empowers us to speak truth. When we engage that one touch, silence is not an option. Silence is not an option when Christians stand persecuted around the world. Silence is not an option when men abandon their roles as fathers or children are slaughtered in and out of the womb. Pornography marries technology. God is mocked. Pushers are more admired than preachers. School grounds look like battlegrounds. And our neighbors sit paralyzed by the gate called beautiful begging for change. Silence is not an option. Silence is not an option when in this nation Uncle Sam attempts to make a sacrifice truth on the altar of political expediency via the conduit of laws that undermine our Judeo-Christian value system. Tangentially, we must remind Uncle Sam that he may be our uncle, but he will never be our Heavenly Father. 
Silence is not an option. Jesus said, somebody touch me and she spoke truth. Truth must never be sacrificed on the altar of political, cultural, or sexual expediency. For God will turn things around once we touch him and speak truth. Stand with me, those that are not standing already. One touch activates prophetic articulation. One touch connects the generation and reveals our true identity. I'm going to ask you, Jesus was en route to where? Whose house? To heal whom? Yet, when this woman experienced her healing, the woman, the older generation, Jesus turns around and he calls her daughter. Read it. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. <sighs> Term of endearment, of compassion, of generational relevance and connectivity. How many years was this woman sick? How old was the girl? Do you believe that's a coinkadink? You think it happens by happenstance that this child was born around the same time the woman was stricken? You believe it's a coincidence that Jesus decided to personally go and enter this man's house when on other occasions he simply said, go home. By the time you get there, it's already done. While Jesus was speaking, some people came and said, your daughter looked at Jairus and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Look up here for a second. As the Spirit of God spoke to my heart about this message, there are many of us here who have been challenged regarding with our one faith, one Lord, one mission with the next generation. Some of us have experienced great attacks as it pertains to our children, our children's children. I'm here to tell you right now that if you preoccupy yourself with touching God, God will take care of our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. If you believe that, say amen. If you truly believe that, say amen. Spirit of God told me to tell you, and I say that with fear and trembling, do not worry about your children or your children's children. Do not worry about your children or your children's children. Breakthrough. Don't be afraid, just believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Believe that the latter glory will be greater than the former. Believe that the gates of hell shall not, will not, and cannot prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Believe. And even though they say the next generation is dying, they're just sleeping. They're just sleeping. They're just sleeping. They will not die. They will live. They are just or just sleeping. Raise your hands with me. Oh. Little girl, I say to you, Talita Kum, get up! And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. One generation touched God, and God proceeded in saving the next generation. Church of God, it is our hour for our generation to break through the crowd of moral relativism, of spiritual apathy, of ecclesiastical lukewarmness and comfortable Christianity and touch him. It is time for us to touch him. And the moment that we touch him, he will proceed in giving life to the next generation. And I'm going to declare the opposite of every single study out there. Instead of saying that this is the last 
generation of viable Christendom. I'm here to declare that we are about to see a generation emerge that will turn the world upside up for the glory of Jesus Christ. We are about to see a generation awaken, a generation healed, a generation transformed, a generation resurrected that will launch and be the catalyst of an awakening like the world has never seen before. And we are one touch away. So church of God, rise up. Rise up and walk like Enoch. Rise up and believe like Abraham. Rise up and dress like Joseph. Rise up and stretch like Moses. Rise up and shout like Joshua. Rise up and dance like David. Rise up and fight like Gideon. Rise up and pray like Daniel. Rise up and feel like Nehemiah. Rise up and live like Jesus. Rise up with one faith, one Lord, one mission, with one touch, and change the world. Tell your neighbor you're one touch away. Tell him you're one touch away. Tell him you're one touch away. One touch away. So to every single person in the house, I sense the anointing of God with your hands raised for every single person. And if you haven't been through anything, this is not for you. If you haven't been challenged, if you haven't been able to, if you are not one of those that has had to break through, even with the wounds and the pains and the rejection, with the question marks. But if you're here, and you're hearing God's voice tonight telling you, you are one touch away, one touch from seeing what you've never seen before. You are one touch away from seeing what you've never seen before. One touch away. I'm gonna do this and just by the leading of the Spirit, if this is for you, if this message is for you, if this hour is for you, if you've been through what you've never been through before because you believe from heaven you're about to see what you've never seen before I'm gonna count the three and if it's for you come out of your seat and just break through I am declaring that you are coming through and by coming through you are demonstrating God that you're breaking through the very crowd the very minutia the very pain the very rejection the very things you've been through in the past season you are breaking through because you are about to see what you've never seen before quickly one two three run up you are one touch away from seeing your children and your children's children and your children's children's children experience the power of God like they've never experienced it before. You are one touch away. I dare you to break through right now. Break through. Break through the pain. Break through the angst. Break through the consternation. Break through the flux. Break through. Break through. You are one. There's power with your hands raised in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Rise up. There is power one touch. in the name of Jesus. One break touch. every chain. Yeah, one touch away. To break every chain. One touch away. Break every chain. One touch away. Break every
salvation touches God. When we break through the crowd, when we break through the memory elements, hindering the clear, unbridled, uncompromised revelation of Christ in our day and age. Christ the Messiah, the way, the truth, the life. The Savior, the Deliverer, the Healer. Look up here for a second. There are many here who have been through what you've never been through before. You are one touch away. You didn't go through what you went through because of what you did. You went through what you went through because of what you were about to do for the glory of Christ. And that's not positive reinforcement. It's not an affirming, manipulative sort of rhetoric for the purpose of prompting you to believe something that's not biblically accurate. There's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. I'm here to tell you by the leading of the Spirit that you are about to see what you've never seen before. You are about to, I sense the power of God. You are about to see what you've never seen before. Lo que Dios tiene para ti es grande. What God has for you is so great. The enemy attacking our family, our children, and the enemy attacking our, our children and our children's children and our families. And all God is saying is, You touch me. I'll touch them. 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 You touch me, 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 I'll touch them. Talk on them. Touch them. Touch them. Touch him, touch him, touch him. Rise up and touch him. Rise up and touch him. Raise your hands right now. Touch him, touch him. Get up and touch him. Touch him with righteousness and justice. Touch him with redemption and reconciliation. Touch him with sanctification and service. Touch him with holiness and humility. Touch him with faith. Touch him with love. Touch him with praise. Touch him with your worship. Touch him with your testimony. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Let's just do it and then we'll finish. I sense the anointing and the power of God. Spirit of God spoke to my heart and told me to tell Church of God with one faith, one Lord, and one mission, you are one touch away from seeing an awakening that will heal this generation and save the next. This is the hour of the touch. For the sake of our context, whenever it is airs on television, praise the Lord to our television audience. This message is for you. Every single person watching right now, you're one touch away. Not only from your healing and your breakthrough, but from your children and your children's children and your children's children's children being saved.
our sake it is 24 after the hour I'm gonna let you go now but I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him I'm gonna wait till it turns 25 tell your neighbor neighbor you need to mark this time down because at 25 after the hour on this very evening in this very place as for me and my house It's turning around in your favor right now, right now, right now, right now. Touch him. Touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're done. Tell your neighbor by the time you get home. Tell him, tell him when you go back home, what you will find tomorrow morning is that everything turned around in your favor. In your favor. In your, in your favor. In your favor. dear friend Bishop Williams but let me say one more thing under the leading of the spirit watch and again there's a fine line between the pathetic and the prophetic if it doesn't come to pass then it was pathetic by the time of your next assembly you're gonna see a demographical increase of a generation you're gonna see a lot more 20 somethings a lot more 30 somethings why because that generation though the world says it's dead they were sleeping but they just woke up this hour mother get ready somebody shout get ready get it ready get it ready get it ready get it ready Yes, 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 yes! 
There is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. No more. We're going to break through. We touch him. You know why we touch him? Because we can. Because we have the fortitude, the wherewithal, the audacity that we can. And the moment we touch him, he will touch those that can't. Because they haven't seen what we've seen. They didn't grow up with the miracles and signs and wonders. They didn't grow up with all night prayer vigils and lock-ins and shut-ins. They didn't grow up in those all night vigils where they want to let you go till you got full of the Holy Ghost. So they can't. Porque no pueden. But we can. And the moment we touch him, he proceeds, sons and daughters, I got this. You don't need to worry about that generation. Talita kum, levántate y anda. We're not going to see that 20 years from now, 30 years, 50 years from now. You're going to see our Church of God churches grow. You will see generations coming in. It'll be multi-generational because we have one faith, one Lord, one mission. And with one touch, we will change the world. Church of God, we love you. God bless you. And if I don't see you soon, I'll see you in the biggest dance party ever. One touch. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. The words of Jesus, John chapter 5, to the man who was paralyzed. Your days of paralysis are officially over. If you've been blessed by this program, if you've heard from heaven, if God has spoken to you, to your family, to your dream and your destiny, now I want to encourage you right now to generously sow a seed into this ministry. This ministry for the glory of God, not rhetorically, for the glory of God, we are seeing the world change. We are literally reaching millions around the world through God's transformative word, through his power, through his spirit. We're committed to the centrality of Christ, to the word of almighty God, and through a free flow of his spirit. I want you to help me change the world. I don't want to talk about changing the world. I want to really change the world. But it requires your help, your financial investment, your generous love offering. The information's on the screen. Follow me on PastorSam.com on Facebook, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, Twitter and Instagram, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. I want you to follow me right now, but I want you to visit our website and I want you to give right now. So a generous seed, I assure you, your life will be blessed because you and I will be the greatest blessing as we touch the world. We are not talking about changing the world. You and I, we're changing the world in Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you. If this message is ministered to you, please consider sowing to this outreach ministry. Make your check payable to New Season, P.O. Box 246090, Sacramento, California 95824. Additionally, you may make a secure donation by visiting our website's Give page at newseasonedworship.org. If you are in the Sacramento area, we invite you to join us at New Season Christian Worship Center. Sunday worship services are held at 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for watching. Join us next time on New Season with Pastor Sam Rodriguez.